Shut up, Craig. <laughs> Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Heller. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about baseball, a little bit about football for the stats episode. Uh, as of right now, it is October 15th. It's 8.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. The Nationals are currently just booty blasting the Cardinals into oblivion. Right um, we only say this because it's happening now and uh, figure we can get a little bit of banter and hot takes out of the way. I must say, Corwin, that yes. based on our NLCS, ALCS preview episode, I feel exceedingly vindicated yeah. about how I talked about the Cardinals hitting. Yeah. It's uh, it's fucking bad. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think their pitching would implode as much, um, but I don't think either of us spoke highly of their pitching either. So no, we did not. Outside of Jack Flaherty. Yeah, but uh, you want to know something great? Tell me something great. Uh, in the starting lineup for the Cardinals tonight, only two players have a batting average above one sixty-seven. Oof. Paul DeJong has a 333 average. Jose Martinez has a 571 uh, with a very small sample size. Well, they all have a small sample size. But um, yeah, there's only five guys in their entire starting lineup who have a hit in this series. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's look at um, their OPS leaders. Only seven of their batters qualify, which I guess... Uh, makes a degree of sense with all the switching you have to do in the NL. Um, Marcelo Zuna with a 1,008 OPS, which is very good. Paul Goldschmidt, a 949, which is very good. And then all hell breaks loose as uh, Tony Ed Tommy Edmond with a 637 OPS. That's not very good. Paul DeYoung, 607. That's not good. Colton Wong, 531. That's bad. Yadi Molina, 315. That's awful. And Dexter Fowler, 230, that's virtually unplayable. Uh, a lot of these guys are virtually unplayable when it comes to the ALC, or NLCS. Excuse me. These aren't numbers you want in uh, this deep in the playoffs. Yeah, this is fucking ugly. So I think we can quite confidently say that the Nationals are going to the World Series. Yeah, um, it's currently 7 nothing, uh, bottom of the first with two outs. Yeah, the Nationals are currently doing what the Cardinals did to the Braves. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, do you think they forfeit this game at any point? Because uh, I would right now. They're not going to forfeit it, but they're not going to try. Their hearts aren't going to be in it. <laughs> What's yours? You know, stop, stop. They're already dead. But like, imagine, imagine you're, you know, I don't know. Pick a guy. You're Paul DeYoung. All right. Mm-hmm. It's the first inning. You're losing by seven. Do you care? Like, you're going to go up there. You're going to swing the bat. You know, you're going to only swing at good pitches. But, like, is your heart in it? No. Like, you literally have to average a run an inning before you are even able to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to somehow stop an offense that you haven't been able to stop for a damn for the next eight, eight innings. It's, it's un unthinkable. It's not mm -hmm. happening. Um, well, sorry, St. Louis. I hate to say it, but I don't feel bad. Yeah, no. Um, I picked them to win this series solely because you were going to pick Washington. Um, and I feel confident in the fact that I didn't feel confident in that pick. <laughs> so, Spoken uh, like a true degenerate gambler. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think we both probably would have picked this shit out of the gate. I think we both did basically pick this shit out of the gate. Um, the oh, shit. Huh? Uh, apparently, one of my friends is at the game in uh, DC right now, and uh, <laughs> It is it is a fun time to say the least to be a Washington fan right there. I bet it is. I bet it is. Washington, man, DC is going to have themselves a year. Uh, hopefully not in hockey. Oh, well, you definitely know, definitely not in football. I was going to say they're definitely in the NFL. <laughs> definitely not. And Lord knows that basketball team ain't doing them any favors either. Yeah, Georgetown, not what they used to be right now. But uh, their baseball team's carrying them shit. Yeah. Um, 
since since we just touched on the NLCS, which isn't really the point of this episode, I guess we could touch on the ALCS for a moment. As of recording this, it's currently a 2-1 Astros series lead. Uh, they won the Garrett Cole start tonight, which I think surprises no one. No, it did not uh, surprise me. No, I, I don't really I, have I'm anything. I'm surprised they put Severino up against Garrett Cole. Uh, I'm I'm not. It's kind of the way the rotations shook out because the Astros had to start Cole third because they had to start Granky first, so they're mm-hmm. gonna start um, Verlander second just because they the Rays unexpectedly took him to five games. So it wasn't an intentional matchup, just kind of how it shook out. But uh, I don't really have anything to say about this series because it's all seems kind of on par for like about what everyone's expected so far. Right, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about it um, a decent a bit. Maybe a little bit more offense, but yeah, this is pretty much on par of what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Well, the only thing I think is weird, and I, I, I did just say maybe a little bit more offense is that, um, as of right now, the Yankees have scored ten runs throughout the entire series, and the Astros have scored seven. And if you told me that in three games combined total there'd be only 17 runs scored i might call that a little bit light i might have called that a little bit light um because yeah out outside of the one game uh where the yankees put up seven that's the that's the most either team has scored i don't know i kind of expected which since the astros astros got shut out that meant that it was a total of seven runs for the whole game and uh you know i figured there'd be a few more like five six games in there you know like five seven games but that that this this is it yeah this is this this is what i was (laughs) this is it yep all right you ready to move on i'm ready to move on all right so i want to talk very briefly this is our stats episode so let's get some numbers in this bitch i want to talk very briefly about uh the home run ball the the or that rather I guess the baseball being used in the MLB postseason this year, as this has been a discussion topic, balls that are not leaving the yard that people say uh, probably would have left the park in September. Have you been hearing about this as well? Yes, they dejuiced the balls. Yeah. Yeah, this was something that uh, you know, like apparently the uh, commissioner said, like I don't think they said they were thinking about switching the baseball, but they were said that they were. Um, oh, I forget what exactly he said back in September before the postseason started. Something to the effect of not being thrilled about how many home runs were hit. They want to try to course correct, and everyone was like, "Well, you can't do that in the postseason because these teams just spent 162 games." playing with this baseball strategizing around this baseball and if you change it at the 11th hour then you're kind of dicking all these teams over in the way they've constructed their teams and rosters and strategies and whatever and uh thus far a lot of people seem to believe that this ball is in fact different uh just based on eye test what do do you think it's by eye test and by just basic numbers that you know we've seen so far, it it looks like a different ball. It's acting like a different ball. Um, turns out it's most likely a different ball. I don't know. I I definitely if it is a different ball, you know, fuck MLB. This isn't the way you should be conducting this. If it isn't, this is a really really where. Really, really weird um, coincidence. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time with it because I can not believe just from sheer point of logic that the MLB would do this. I just can't, can't believe it because it's so fucking stupid. Now, at the same time, <laughs> we've seen a lot of sports leagues do a lot of dumb fucking shit. <laughs> So, so do I deserve to be glowing so puck? Anyone? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do, should I be surprised? No, but yeah, I still really. feel like I would be surprised. 
So I wanted to look into it a little bit. Um, if you might indulge my base level uh, methodology for investigating it. Has that ever stopped us before? Oh, God, no. <laughs> and it never will. Exactly. So I try to think about the best way of doing this. And I have two main kind of data points I want to look at. So can I guess? I, go right ahead. Uh, total like average ball distance and average exit velocity. No, uh, okay. well, um, exit velocity is, a, is like a kinda. So okay. if you'll notice, one of the files I sent you is called barrels. You know what? I totally forgot to even bring those up. Now they're up. I was right. just looking at my fucking home screen for the past ten minutes. <laughs> so I have barrels there, and I have home runs there. Oh no, sorry. I wrote down home runs at work before I left early to try to catch the Yankees game. <laughs> um, so I have I have some home run numbers on like a little um, sticky note. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I work very hard. <laughs> so you will notice that I have four tabs in the barrel spreadsheet. I did I have see 2018, that. Yes. Yeah, twenty eighteen September, twenty eighteen October. 2019 September, 2019 October. Because one of the things... So I, I, I think I mentioned this before, that I am a skeptic at heart. I am a very, very skeptical person. And I don't think you've said that, you know, expressly, but I'm sure everyone here can, conf like, infer that you are definitely skeptic. Yeah, you're right. I might not have mentioned it, but I... I you can call it a personality flaw. <laughs> you can call it um, a good quality. Regardless... I am skeptic. So my first thought when it came to this um, home run depletion is something that we actually talk a lot about as baseball people in the beginning of the season, because one of the biggest like boons to home runs is weather. And in theory, that's the point of having a humidor for baseballs to try to minimize the external effects that could be or external factors that could be affecting the baseball primarily humidity the lack thereof uh heat the lack thereof and in the case of colorado altitude and the lack thereof so lack of altitude yeah since colorado is at such a high altitude and a lot oh, of okay. are yeah, a yeah. low attitude i thought you were saying colorado didn't have i'm sorry i'm stupid no it's fine so one of my so we talk about a lot in like late March, early April when the baseball season starts about how well you know you'll, you'll see like uh Giancarlo Stanton hit a ball that'll go like you know 400 feet but it it stays in the ballpark because it was the dead center and you'll hear a, a broadcaster be like well you know it's cold that that deadens the ball like if this was June that ball would have left like I swear I hear that every single year um and that seems true I mean like that's one of the main factors it it, it the ball just doesn't kind of have that same ride on it and i'm not quite sure why i've heard that the cold just deadens the ball a little bit i've heard that uh like cold night air can sometimes just be um have more drag to it i, I i'm really not smart in that area because <laughs> yo fuck science but <laughs> um i've it's it's a phenomenon we hear a lot about in the early months of the season. Mm -hmm. So uh, I actually know the answer to this. Ooh, um, share. Because I took a couple aviation courses. Uh, colder air is just more dense than regular air. So it's just more air resistance uh, for the ball traveling. Um, it's just harder to make it go farther. Yeah, I, I figured it'd be something intuitive like that. Thank you. Like that... Yeah. And I, I feel like it's, it is, it is kind of intuitive for whatever reason. It just feels right. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that you have to take into consideration in my mind, as you transition from September, the final of the hot months and go into October, the first of the cold months, especially, and this might be a finer point, especially considering the fact that Los Angeles isn't in the playoffs anymore. That's true. Yeah. That was the only town that wasn't going to be as negatively impacted by the cold. Um, Think Houston. about who else is in the playoffs. You got um, 
Well, yeah, you're right, Houston, um, especially considering that they're an indoor ballpark. So outside of Houston, uh, Tampa is also an indoor ballpark. So I'll give myself a, a knock on that one too. But Washington outdoors, Chile. St. Louis is outdoors, New York is outdoors. Um, who else did we have in the um, the the DS series? Is uh, uh, Atlanta was outdoors. Yeah. Um, and who did the Yankees? The Twins were outdoors. There you go. And so, in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, shocking that Minnesota had an outdoor ballpark, but here we are. And legit, the only team that was a an open top stadium that wasn't like a big, you know, heavily impacted by cold weather town was Los Angeles, and they got eliminated. Like, like, you know. That's I feel like that's going to be possibly one of the reasons that the numbers look kind of off. But anyway, I think I was trying to think about the best way to look at it. And I thought the best way of doing it would be not home runs, but barrels. So you can see kind of a contact kind of thing. And then I'll add in home runs later. And I thought a good way to see it would be a comparison between the September months of last year and the to October of last year. And then compare that to. September of this year to October of this year. Does it all make sense? Yes. Oh, thank God. Should I set these tables to be tables? No, you don't need to. If you scroll all the way down to the end of them, I have highlighted numbers for you. Perfect. Ah, beautiful. I know. It's it's great, isn't it? So starting at 2018 September, um, in the month of September in 2018, there were... 1,335 barreled balls. And as a reminder, a barreled ball is that sweet spot of exit velocity and launch angle that most typically results in home runs. But the reason I didn't use home runs is that this just shows a quality of contact thing. Because if the ball is deadened, in my mind, that would result in fewer barrels because you're not going to get the exit velocity part of it. So it wouldn't count towards barrels. Make sense? Yes. So we had 1,335 barrel balls in the month of September 2018, and that's good for just uh, pitch percent. I figured it would be a, a decent enough way of um, having a, some kind of some type of rate stat in there for us. Uh, so the pitch percent, the percent of pitches that were taken for barrel balls, 1.45, which is you know that's we'll just treat that as a baseline. Fair, works for me. All right, so 2018 of October. Obviously, there are significantly fewer games played in October because, well, there are significantly fewer teams that play in October. Um, no kidding. So we have 119 barrel balls in October. All right. So we're looking at, you know, 1,200 fewer, just about. It's a pretty big decline. Uh, but the percent of balls that are barreled goes up quite a bit. It goes from 1.45% of total pitches that get barreled to 2.15%. So that's a pretty sizable difference. That is a big difference. Yeah, which again seems to make sense. You know, you have the best hitters. So as a percent, you're going to take out a lot of the shitty, you know, Miami Marlins ninth hitter, you know. Like, I, you know, it tracks. (laughs) All right. All right. So just to let you know, because I was curious about launch speed uh, and exit velocity, um, I'm doing the averages for those as well. Oh, cool. Definitely down to here. We'll loop back to those. Cool. So I'll keep going with 2019 September. So the total number of barreled balls in 2019 September is 1,417. So that is uh, like 80 more than in September, which could be a lot could be a little doesn't seem like a lot mm-hmm. that's like a little over like one and a half more per day than we had in uh in september like it doesn't really seem to or sorry two and a half more it doesn't really seem to be too much of a difference that you know in a given month of baseball there were 2.5 more barreled balls per day um especially when you have anywhere between like 10 and 15 games happening in a day. So I'm willing to chalk that up to being statistically insignificant. Uh, and that's good for 1.49 uh, pitch percent. So 1.49 of all pitches were barreled in 2019 September. 
which uh, is 0. 0.04 uh, points off of 2018 September. So pitch percent 2018 for barrel balls, 1.45. 2019, 1.49. Again, that seems to be pretty fucking insignificant of a difference. Right? I agree. Which again, also tracks. Like, I think everyone would say that the ball used in 2018 is, is the same ball that was used in 2019. I don't think anyone complained about that per se. And if there is a physical difference between the balls, it has not been noticed. No, we we there was a lot more more talk this year because a lot of home run records got smashed, um, and the minor leagues started using the major league ball, so it ended up being talked a lot about in that circle as well. But I don't think there was a huge difference in too or too too much of a, of a big difference between the 2018 and 2019 ball. Uh, I think players just adapted to it. So this brings into the great question, 2019 October, where all the contention is. We have 112 barrel balls, which is good for 2.9% of total pitches. So that is seven fewer barrel balls than happened in 2018 October, which um, since 2019 October has not concluded, we will certainly pass the 2018 total. Uh, although, uh, granted, again, I can't imagine it'll be by too, too much, especially since uh, we're going to have a few longer series, but is what it is. What's interesting to me is the percent is pretty radically different, but not in the way that would support people saying that the ball is different. <laughs> because in 2018 October, 2.15% of the balls got barreled. In 2019 October... 2.9% of the balls got barreled, which is 75 points higher, which yeah. is a lot. Uh, what do I say every time we do a stats episode on uh, baseball? Baseball doesn't Everything, make any sense. It, baseball doesn't make any sense. Why do we talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're making ourselves more dumb and more confused about baseball the more we dig into it. So like I I I think a lot of it's just like you know you see the warning track shots and you know you see the I know a few people I follow on Twitter post like um with this launch angle and this exit velocity last year or in whatever month what happened or, no, or currently it, if you know if this was September or whatever this ball would have gone out 20 30 40% of the time 50% of the time whatever the percent was and it's like yeah that's cool but one, there's still some percent chance that this doesn't go out. And two, I think I really think that weather is enough to keep a ball from traveling the extra 10, 20 feet that a lot of these warning track shots would have needed to become a home run. Because in the grand scheme of how far home runs get hit, is 10 feet that much? Probably not. I mean, it seems like a lot, and because it is right on the edge of being out and being in, it makes a big difference in the actual game, but probably from a significant distance, like from a art perspective when we look at this, it's something, but it's not crazy. Right. Uh, before I get into the home run stuff, did you did you do your averages? I did. Share, me so what you, share with me what you got. September 2018, the average uh, exit velocity uh, for balls was 103.58 miles per hour. It's pretty fucking fast. Yeah. 2018, October, was 105.22 miles per hour. So right along with the uh, barrel ball percentage, it's just a little bit of an increase. Well, I should keep in, um, I should mention that all of the... Um, stats in this page are strictly for barrel balls so the reason that that number is high is because it is high uh, because a barrel ball needs to be hit pretty fucking hard yeah so that makes sense um so 2019 september just like barreled balls it's 103.82 so right in line with uh yeah, what it was close. the previous year uh 2019 october 105.05 right in line with what it was the year before so if you're hitting a batted ball, you're just hitting it a little bit harder in the playoffs. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it fits nicely uh, with what we were saying with the uh, batted balls. It's nice that it works out like that. It, it really, it really fucking does. All right. Are you ready for the home run part of this? Yes, sir. Okay. So in the month of 20, or in the month of September in 2018, there were 912 home runs hit. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 2018, October, there were 76 home runs hit. So that's 8.3% of the September total. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. I'm, I'll, you'll, yeah. Uh, in 2019 <laughs> September, there were 1,069 home runs hit. So well over 100 more, uh, which again is just, I think, due to the fact that players start capitalizing on the fact the ball is different a little bit more. Everyone's got that swing change. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. 2019 October, as of this morning, so before tonight's games, there were 60 home runs hit, 6-0, which is good for 5.6% of the September 2019 total. And again, since this postseason is not yet concluded, there is certainly apt time for this number to rise, especially since I don't know about the Nats game, the Nats cards game that's going to conclude, but just in the Yankees-Astros game tonight, there were three more home runs hit. So in order for the 2019 October total to reach the same percent as the 2018 October numbers, uh, which is 8.3% of its September counterpart, there would need to be 88.7 home runs hit in the month of October. So we can say 88, 89. And that's... 28 more home runs, which is a lot. Um, it could happen. It, that's the thing, though. I could totally see it happening. The, yeah. the, unfortunately, the NLD, NLCS is going to end very soon. <laughs> so uh, In the we, next you know, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, so there's not going to be too much contribution from there. But uh, the ALCS is going to go you know, five games at minimum. I'm willing to bet there's probably going to be more than that. And then the entirety of the World Series... So let's say Seven games anywhere between uh, nine and 13 more games. So you need to hit under two home runs, under two home runs per game to make it happen. If it goes 13, like that's possible. Yeah, that's it's plausible. Really? And even if it didn't, even if you only hit like 1.5, like it's going to be close enough that right, it's, like- it's going to be okay. It's going to be normal. I'm sure there will be some game where many home runs are hit just because, you know, it's going to be either the Yankees or the Astros and then the Nationals. All of them have power hitters who hit bomb-ass balls, so I could see it happening. I'm hoping for it, at least. Yeah. Um, so I I get the talk because I, too, have definitely been fooled by a couple home runs this postseason but if it's if the ball is different somehow it doesn't seem like it is by much and if it is different the or if the results are different it seems at least to be close enough that i would chalk it up to just weather i really would at least as a you know um major factor i mean i'm I'm sure weather is not the only factor but still like i agree weather is probably the biggest uh biggest hit here yep i i because i am very ready to admit myself being wrong about this as i actually rather kind of thought i would be because rolling it rolling into a statistics idea and saying, I think it's just the fucking weather. <laughs> it's not usually a good thesis. Yeah, it's just a little colder out. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it sounds so stupid. And it, I just, I wasn't expecting, I'll put it this way. I wasn't expecting it to be this close. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I probably would have thought it was a, a nice little chunk difference. Um, it it but is it's... different. But I was, I definitely, it's, it's for some reason, it's still closer than I thought it would be, you know? Right. And not exactly the direction I was expecting it to be. So I'll be interested in seeing uh, how this shakes out the rest of the way. 
uh, especially if we end up getting a New York and Washington World Series, where weather will be a significantly bigger factor because both of those parks will be outdoors and on the East Coast. Um, But yeah, we we shall see. Uh, So before we move off of this, I just had one thing I wanted to bring up about this Cardinals game uh, that we mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, So hold on. I lost it already. All right. So Dakota Hudson was charged with seven runs in the first inning. Ooh. 15 pitches. No. The Nationals scored all seven runs in the first 18 pitches of the game. Wow. Yeah. He threw 15 pitches, 10, 10 strikes. Yeah. Well, you know, not great strikes, but strikes. Yeah, still, all I guess they're all in the zone, so they can be taken out. But wow, Jesus, not a great night for our boy Dakota, and so not Daniel. Everyone in the Nationals lineup has a run thus far, except for Patrick Corbin, which makes sense, and uh, and Anthony Rendon, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> oh, good old Anthony. I was looking at uh, some pictures of him the other day. He was on Twitter, you know. I don't like the beard. It's an awful beard. It's see, it's his, his real ugly. Beard. Yeah. Who was who's the other guy that we always uh, agreed had like the worst beard in sports, but like they kept growing it out anyway. I know Sid Crosby's playoff beard fucking sucks every year. A lot of hockey players' playoff yeah. beards suck though. Um, but oh, man, there was someone else that we always talked about. I, I know you're right. I, I, yeah, I can't think of who it is. Oh well. When we uh when we remember in like four and a half episodes from now, we'll just say the name of this random player and give you no context and we'll let you figure it out yourself. Yeah, tweet it tweet us your least favorite <laughs> athlete beards at uh at juicing pod on Twitter. <laughs> um so I do have our uh a football topic here for us, but do you want to talk about the recent football news before we get into it? I would absolutely love to. So there were two major trades today, uh, both involving cornerbacks. I guess we could say both of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Earlier today, the Rams traded cornerback Marcus Peters to the Ravens in exchange for linebacker Kenny Young and a 2020 fifth round pick. Um, Marcus Peters hasn't been great this year. Hasn't been great last year, um, but he's still a very talented and very young cornerback. Um, and I will say this is probably less of a return than I would have liked from a guy like Peters. Uh, he does have a pretty sizable contract uh, looking forward. And well, the Rams upgraded to say the least. Uh, they ended up trading for Jalen Ramsey. Kind of a big trade uh, for first round picks in 2020 and 2021, as well as a 2021 fourth round pick. Um, so quite a bit of an upgrade getting the, uh, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the country. Um, that's a pretty scary defense right now, pairing him with Aaron Donald. Um, what do you think of these? Uh, well, I think, I think. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's back's feeling much better. Yeah, you think? I think he uh, might uh, practice this week. <laughs> yeah, he just may. I think he's going to take his flu shots. I think. Uh, I think he might be okay. Not going to have um, any more uh, surprise pregnancy births uh, for his kids. You know. Yeah, none of that out of nowhere. He'll be, he'll be all good from now on. Um. So. My initial reaction is, well, that's a huge upgrade. And I still think it's an upgrade. But I pulled up their uh, their stats, and I'm just so curious because I never know how to fully interpret football stats compared to the eye test and your gut because football, I think, is one of those last vestiges. You can still use your gut. Yeah. Uh, So what do you think um, Marcus Peters' passer rating allowed is thus far this season? Oh, it's probably, I'm going to say 85. 91.8. 
Hmm, pretty close, pretty close. Not good. Not good. Not, not good. Uh, although, astonishingly, it's an improvement <laughs> from 2018. Yeah. Last year was bad. <laughs> he allowed a 104.2. Oh, God, he's so bad last year. Jalen Ramsey, uh, what do you think his passer rating allowed is? Um, I'm going to say 35. This season, it is 101.9. Ooh, that's not he- good. Huge step back from his 2018 campaign of 76.4. Wow. I thought he was doing a lot better this year. Uh, um, he is not. Yeah. He is. He hasn't missed a single tackle, though, whereas um, Marcus Peters has missed 17.6% of his tackles, which is up from okay. last year, which is just huge. Granted, it's only three missed tackles, but that's still a fucking lot. Um. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters has allowed 104 yards after the catch, uh, which is almost, and he's so he's allowed 104 yards after the catch as compared to 137 air yards. So basically, people are catching the ball all against him and then running away from him pretty successfully. Jalen Ramsey, and again, the caveat here that is that Jalen Ramsey has played three games, so these numbers are obviously not going to be as big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, like I said, he missed zero tackles so far this year. Um, he has allowed 128 air yards this year, which Ooh. in three fewer games is only nine fewer yards than Marcus Peters, but he's only allowed 19 yards after the catch. So maybe the Rams are be- uh, of the, of the opinion that in their scheme, uh, Jalen Ramsey can actually not have to rely so much on one aspect of it because his tackling is apparently perfect like nine yards after the catch is fucking 19 yards after the catch is negligible mm-hmm. um and he's got all of his speed so maybe they're just thinking that like with a better overall defensive unit or well, a better passing uh defense system well josh just... yeah why don't we look at missed tackle percentage to see how sure up his tackling really is i just did bad statistics i did I didn't hear you say that at all. Yeah, missed tackle, tackle percent for, for Marcus Peters is 17.6%, and Jalen Ramsey is zero. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's okay, buddy. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you for nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, Jalen Ramsey is allowed a 68.2% completion percent so far this year uh, as compared to Marcus Peters' 52%. Uh Jalen Ramsey, though, how has only allowed 19.8 yards per complete completion as compared to oof, Marcus Peters is 18.5. Oof. <laughs> oof. Not ideal. So it definitely seems like it seems like Jalen Ramsey is better with a few weird like red flags, but I don't think I'd hold those weird red flags against him too harshly. Yeah, I mean, both are used very differently. Um, the Rams don't have Marcus Peters' shadow receivers, um, so he's up against either the one or the two, uh, depending on the matchup. Uh, always on the outside, though. Um, Jalen Ramsey is—he's going to be shadowing their the opposing team's number one receiver throughout the entire game. Um, so, just playing devil's advocate, there's a reason why you know. Some of these aren't really as great as you would expect them for, you know, top corner in the league like Jalen Ramsey. Um, but, you know, it might not be the massive upgrade that some might expect. Uh, but in my opinion, it will be huge. Yeah, I'm about it. I'm very about it. I um, am excited to see if they have him shadow in L.A., which, you know, they don't do um, just because he's been so good at it uh, in the past. So. That will be something to watch out for next weekend. So how do you think this is going to go for the Ravens now that they are on the receiving end of one of these trades? Um, They didn't really give up much. I mean, Kenny Young is kind of a borderline starter at best. Um, not great in coverage. Not super great in run defense. Just kind of, you know, kind of a guy. Uh, that and I think it was a fifth round pick that they gave up for Marcus Peters. So 
either way, I I don't see how they could lose much from this. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that the Eagles didn't reach out sooner to uh, grab one of these guys uh, because they definitely have the need, and neither of these prices are too extraordinarily high. So overall, I think the Ravens came out ahead. Yeah, I would say they probably are as well. Uh, as a, as a team, they've allowed the Baltimore Ravens an eighty six point five quarterback rating, which is not good. Um, they have missed eleven point two percent of their tackles, which is not good, and I guess won't be getting better with Marcus Peters. But <laughs> whatever. Um, they are allowing thirteen point one yards per completion, which is pretty fucking bad really bad um 60 61.4 percent completion percentage which is pretty fucking bad um and their average depth of target against is 9.2 so people are being pretty bold against them um yeah i'd say this is a secondary that needs some fucking help so yeah makes sense for them all around no kidding no fucking no no, no fucking, fucking kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i kind of want to look up the 49ers defense just because they've been pretty great i want to see what those numbers are like so let's see advanced defense as a team uh air what was the uh yards per completion you said for the, like for the ravens yeah it was like 13 13.1 yeah, 13. yeah so the 49ers are full three yards lower or two and a half at uh, 10.7. So pretty sizable chunk when they add up. Yeah, that's that's that that's a noticeable difference. Mm-hmm. Any other All ones right. you want me to uh, compare or you just want to move on? I no, let's move on. This is going to be a whole rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. Cool. It. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I've gotten so sucked into the pro football reference <laughs> advanced stats page. So let's just go to the other spreadsheet. Cool. Which we could definitely do more with over time. Ooh, and I want to, but I ran out of time because <laughs> I had a lot of work to do today. Uh, but I still want to talk about one, at least one aspect of this spreadsheet, which can just be found on worksheet, the very first tab. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to format this as a table real quick. Do whatever you got to do. So. Corn and I were texting today about talking about penalties. Um, penalties have been a contentious part of the NFL season every single year <laughs> since um, birth. So it's been a bigger talking point this year because the NFL made a lot of changes. Um, they are allowing coaches to challenge non-calls. They're allowing coaches to just challenge more things. They're trying to get video assisted review be a bigger part of the game to just try to make sure things are correct. And it has not been going well. Somehow officiating is worse and only made worse by the fact that it seemingly have more resources available, but yet the calls still tend to be wrong. Uh, this was especially prevalent in the Monday night football game. Uh, uh, Lions Packers Ugh. as the Packers just got I mean silver platter handed a win it's um, like I I related it to the rest basically walking up to the Lions as a franchise and just smacking them across the face with a glove like an elderly woman would to a young rapscallion I saw a photoshop image of a ref doing the Lambo leap and it was hilarious <laughs> Uh, don't get me started. If you watched the Penn State Iowa game this week, um, you saw Joan O'Neill basically just drag his nuts across Penn State and just say "fuck you." I mean, who hasn't done that? Um, touche. So, I wanted to see what is the value of a penalty, and so the first thing I did was I I pulled up this this you know. This sheet one kind of guy, which is it's it's just uh, total team offense. This is like it's not the advanced stats page. This is like what you find when you click on like the 2019 season button on Pro Football Reference. It's very straight up. Uh, we use it uh, last time we talked about the NFL uh, when we talked about 
um, underlying stats for players and for or for teams to see who is overperforming, underperforming. So we're familiar with, with this with this tab. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to find out how many yards does it take to get a point. And okay. obviously, this, as with all things I say on the show, comes with caveats. Um, you get points from defense. You get points from. I guess actually, this should in theory just be offense, but. Um, so that actually should not come into play, but whatever. In general, how many yards uh, do you have to move the ball to, in theory, get yourself one single point in football? Um, the answer to that is 15.7. Oh, I was going to guess. Oh, I'm sorry. I robbed you. Damn. All right, then don't scroll down. I'll, I'll have another question for you. Okay. So. Basically, that 15.7 yards is every time your offense moves the ball forward by like, you know, 15, 16 yards, you are significantly increasing. You, you, you're, you're, you're getting closer to getting yourself a point. All right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, touchdowns were six. So moving the ball 15 yards and then going three and out after that gets you zero. Whereas moving the ball, you know, 80 yards and then scoring a touchdown gets you six. So, but in general, if you can. Every time you move the ball 15 yards, you've basically just moved yourself closer. You, 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 you've gotten yourself one kind of a, a, a symbolic point as you march down the field, right? Yes. You can think about it as, as that. Oh, to clean myself up, my God. <laughs> that level of production over time will, 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 will get you consistently. Uh, that level of yards production. <laughs> That per yard production level consistently will get you points. So, how many yards do you think, on average, have been awarded per team per per penalty? All right. So I did some math here. Um, it's pretty basic math. It's basically just expected value formula. I'm saying like five yard penalties happen like 10% of the time. 10 yard penalties happen like 60% of the time. And 15 yard penalties happen about like 30% of the time. I have nothing to back up those numbers. They just sound pretty good. So I'm going to go with them. Um, and then I'm going to add in like, so that comes out to like 11 yards per penalty. And since pass interference can be much longer than that, I'm going to get add in like a good half yard for good measure. So I'm going to say 11.5. You're actually pretty close. Uh, it's 8.32. Fuck. So kind of close. Not, not terribly close. I mean, I'd say you're still I. I'd say you you were still relatively close. So that, well, like considering like. It's only going to be like 5, 10, 15, or like, well, I guess it could be less if, if you're, like, you're at the goal line. But regardless, I mean, eh, whatever. Fuck it. I'm giving up. I surrender. So this is yards achieved by the offense. Okay? Uh, mm-hmm. So this is not... So, like, the, um, the Baltimore Ravens have received 350 yards off of penalties this year. So it's not the Baltimore Ravens have let up 350 yards from penalties this year. Because remember, this is offense this is going forward um, where am i looking for this oh that, that's just i just picked it from from the top of, of the of the penalty under penalties oh the there yards. we go so yeah. um penalty yards per uh per team as our average team per game average team per game all the way at the bottom 62.4 and um the average amount of penalties per team per game is 7.5 and if you okay Take those numbers together. That is eight point three two. It's eighteen, eight point three two penalty yards per team per game. Makes sense. That's a lot. Sorry, yards per penalty. I should say yards per penalty, not yards per uh, penalties per game. So every penalty will get you, on average, as a team, each penalty will get you about eight and a half yards. Now think yeah. about that in the context to how many yards you need to get one point. Huh. It's, it's, it's 15. Damn. That means that one penalty on average is going to get you half of a point. Well, reduce you by half a point. 
No, it will get you half a point. Each penalty. Uh, if, you, if you're drawing a penalty, yeah, 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 Again, yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. Because this is offense. This is, this yeah. is accepted penalties, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Every time, every time you take or accept a penalty, the the refs the refs are giving you half a point. You know what? I want to say something. I don't know how accurate this is. And I don't know how much effect this would have in the real game, but this just blew my fucking mind. And I can't tell you the last time that happened to this extent on this show, where I genuinely will be looking at football differently from now on every time there's a penalty. Right? That's fucking nuts. I but know. To be able to have it be essentially that clear, I know it's not going to be like this in real life. You know, a penalty is not worth half a point. But when you look at it like that, that's fucking insane. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and and that's when 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 you because when you put it as like a yard, per yard basis, like you know, it's just like oh, it's a ten yard penalty. Oh, that's a killer, you know. Or if you're on offense, that's great. It's a new set of downs. But to really think about, all right, what's the value of moving forward that or that fifteen yards for a personal foul? What's the value of moving forward that is fifteen yards? You know. It's a full fucking point is what it is. Like when uh, a receiver draws a, you know, or yeah, when a receiver draws like a pass interference penalty, that's like 15 yards. That's, you know, already 15 yards downfield. That's a 30 yard penalty. You just gave up two points or you just got two points. I'm still confused by what is giving and getting in my head, but I understand it. Like it's two points for that one penalty. That's nuts. That's a lot of sway to have in the game. You know, because so like think, you know, you're an offense. You have to move the ball forward. Imagine this way. Imagine this way. Imagine your favorite team, whoever that is, except the Patriots. The Cleveland Browns. Imagine I could <laughs> guarantee you 8.32 yards per play. The season would be over. For reference. The average, the team average, the NFL team average yards per play is 5.6. Ooh, wow. The NFL yeah. team average, even the <laughs> Patriots is 5.5. The Ravens somehow, or the Dallas Cowboys are at 6.8. And that's like oh, just about the high watermark. That's 6.8. I think, uh, no, the Kansas City Chiefs are at seven. Where can I find this information? Yards uh, per play. Here we go. Yeah, yards per play. Column G. Seven is the highest yards per play in all of the NFL, and the oh. refs have a higher yards per play than that at 8.32. I don't want to rub this in, but that would be more than double what the Jets currently are averaging. It'd be more than double of the Jets? It'd be more than double of the Dolphins? Um, I think those are the only two teams because we're pretty yeah. bad. But it's, it's really close for the Bears. The Bears would be close, but it would be just lower. Still, it's a lot more than the Bears, but it's not quite double. Yeah, it's it's a big fucking impact. It's that's a big deal. God, honestly, like if teams averaged eight point three two yards per play, there would be no stopping that team because they'd be scoring fifty points a game, at least. Well, maybe not at least, but they'd be scoring a lot of points. Yeah, and I so wonder if we went see- back and looked at uh, 2018 numbers, if we would see what the uh, Chiefs' offense was last year, that would be pretty cool to look at. Wait, you were you actually were just a bit. Were, I just touched on one of the things I was about to say. Is that like oh. I think the stat I saw is that um, uh, penalties are up like three or four percentage points over last season, mm-hmm. like um, as a total number of plays. And that's pretty big. Like, like an additional three percent of all plays in a game getting called on penalties. Like, that's that's a decent number of plays per game. That's a that's a noticeable number of plays per game. Um, and that ends up being when you you add in the compounding effect of yards, and then you add in the compounding effect of those yards becoming points. That's that's pretty fucking significant. That's a that's a lot, especially when it's going to be over the course of a season. Like, this is on pace to be. This is going to be a really big impact towards the game. 
So I just went to look this up for the Chiefs last year, and I found it, and I was like, oh my god, it's fucking 7.0, just like this year, because I was on the 2019 page. So, uh, it happens to the best of us. I do have it here. I'll give you one guess at what it is. Oh, damn it. I almost wish you just asked me higher or lower. All right. Um, higher. Uh, you know what? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell okay. me. Now, should I go stupid higher or just kind of higher? I'll say 7.3. 7.3 would be incorrect. It's 6.8. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have got you. Huh. Okay. You know what? I don't. I don't make this stuff up, man. I can't. So basically, what you're saying is that the Dallas Cowboys are running an offense as efficient as the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, ask any Cowboys fan if they agree with that statement. So basically, what you're saying is Dak Prescott is basically <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. If not better. Ah, oh, music to my ears. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck so the Cowboys. I have like a lot of info here. There's two other sheets that I don't really have anything for yet because I didn't have the time to get into it. But I figured just this oh, one very small revelation would be um, at least worth discussing in the interim because like fucking wow, you know? Uh, I just want to point something out before we move on. Um, one, of course, we will dig into this a lot more. Uh, I'd like to do some historical stuff with penalties and see what we could dig into there. Um, but did you hear what Jerry Jones said about the Cowboys offense? I think it was like today or yesterday. What did he say? He was asked about uh, what he thought about like uh, Jason Garrett's performance. And he's like, well... You know, I really liked the offense in the first three games. I didn't really like it in the next three games. So I'd like to see it be more like the first three games. That's all he had to say about the Cowboys offense. I don't get Jerry Jones. I don't understand <laughs> him character. as a person. <laughs> I mean, I get that he like can't go too deep into it either because, you know, he's not in the offensive room with, you know, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. I actually forget the name of the offensive coordinator for them. I want to say it's Kellen Moore, but I'm not sure anymore. Either way, or whether or not he just doesn't want to share that information, that's such a stupid response. No fucking shit. (laughs) Hey, I want the offense to be really good instead of really bad. Yeah, we won the first three games, which was nice. Then we uh, we lost the next three games, which wasn't as nice. So I want to win the next three games because that would be nice. If you win the game, we should score some more runs. If you score some more runs, we'll win the game. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's my life. Um, Gerard, if, if you are listening to this at some point in the future, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, you have, uh, do you have anything else? Um, No. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. It's one of those nothing. things where like I'll think of something to talk about. Yeah, in twenty minutes after we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Uh yeah, we'll keep it here. We'll uh we'll have more as we always do. This is a show that runs forever. Of course we'll have it later. So Or until one of us dies. No, I'll keep it going, don't worry. <laughs> I'll replace you. Thanks. Yeah, I got you, buddy. I wouldn't. Uh... Should, <laughs> should I just start introducing myself as a different name every episode so that when I do get replaced, people aren't quite sure when it happens? Yeah, yeah. You can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that should definitely be a thing I do. All right, I got approval. Else from, uh, yeah, from you. you have my my verbal approval <laughs> and nothing else until you cut it out of every episode from here on out and do like Microsoft Sam. Of like Gorwin Heller. Yeah, no, my, my co-host is just Craig now. What's <laughs> up, Craig? Uh, all right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Juicers at gmail.com. And if you want to find show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at juicethenumbers.wixsite.com slash website and juicethenumbers.com. So until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.